Welcome to whatever episode this is. What Seven, are we at? 16. 16 assholes. Sorry. You got me. You looked at me like I was going to start <laughs> doing it, and I just got back from a fucking weird phone call. We heard some noises in the basement and sent Agent Nicole to investigate. Yeah. I almost got shot at, motherfuckers. Yeah. It turns out to be. Did a, you just giggle at them? Yeah, I just giggled. <laughs> a roving band of marauders. Is there any ghosts in here? <laughs> <laughs> I'm entering an ancient German castle. Are there any ghosts in here? I'm going to ask you in English. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, we're here for episode uh, 16. Asshole. And uh, you're Patrick Ray Hall, and I'm Agent Nicole. I am a- a- Patsy the Angry. Oh nerd. yeah, sorry. You're Patsy the Angry oh, Nerd, and I'm Nicole. It's my first show. Yeah, it's my first show. And, and we have our wonderful producer, Johnny Wolfenstein, with us, as always. Yeah, because he never leaves. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I am now going on, I think it's uh, four months of not leaving. <laughs> that sucks. Uh, please send food. Yes, we will bring some food to you. And water. And yeah. Stuff. We'll take care of you. I'm pretty sure your ass and that chair have melded together. <laughs> yeah, I can't get out of it. Like, <laughs> sucks. But, you know, it works well for your Professor X cosplay. <laughs> It really does. And we also have the wonderful Ashes Von Nightmare. And if you don't know who she is, she is the real housewife of Transylvania. And Mrs. Angry Nerd. And Mrs. Angry Nerd. Hi, guys. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna be all like, "Yay!" And then Patrick had to chime in and remind me that I am Mrs. Angry Nerd. And I was just, but like, you, oh, before yeah. you were Mrs. Angry Nerd, you were the super hot. Wow, you saying she's not hot anymore? That's She's always hot. I have a crush on her. Everybody Aww. does. You know, we uh, uh, we listened to a, a recent episode of uh, Punch Farm. Yes. And, uh, and, and Miss Nikki uh, admitted that she had a crush on. Uh, yes. And they and called me cute. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And um, um, Miss Nikki, if you are listening right now, um, the feeling is mutual. And let's be friends. Yeah. Let, let, let's just let's just let's just stop all of this drama and let's let's just, let's just be friends. Let's you guys just, can do karate in the garage. We can like eat tacos and like watch. <gasps> I want to eat tacos. Movies. We can watch Rob Zombie movies and and like over Skype or whatever. You guys like, can let's, snuggle let's up together with friends. the Jack blanket. Like yeah, like she just she likes Halloween as much as I do, and mm-hmm. I just that makes me really excited. Yeah. That, that whole group Speaking is Speaking of awesome. Halloween, it's Ashtober still, because it's still October, and it's still Ashtober. And, and we have that's a amazing. few more days, and it's Rock and Shock Weekend. And, and, following and, and then that following. Monday is the real Ashtober. The yeah. immediately following Rock and Shock Weekend. So we have Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That mm-hmm. Monday... Is Ash's birthday. She turns 666 years young. Ah, uh, keeping it spicy. Um, yeah, so October 17th. Send me presents. Lots of presents. You can do presents. it before or after. It doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, but you know, just, just, you know, the entire month of Ashtober. Yeah. That's I, actually what it says on our calendar at home, too. It I, does. I, I, I scratched I the saw first few the letters marker, out. Yeah. And the is there a hot guy with the kitty? There is, is. is there a really hot guy, not like some weirdo? Okay. No, there's always a hot guy with a kitty in, in our apartment. His name is me. 
So I actually have this great calendar and I really, really, really hope that they do this promotion again because it's just, I mean, it's a great calendar. It's a fantastic idea and the proceeds go to an amazing organization. Um, so the, the calendar itself is called Cats and Tats and they are relatively attractive guys some more than others oh my god there's this one guy on there he appears like twice oh my god his name is me yes god darling he is fine um and the cats are so freaking cute (laughs) (laughs) i I think i'm i think i'm more excited for the cats than the guys i'm like i remember the first time i saw that calendar was at patrick's birthday and I remember you, you, and our friend Rachel and I were just standing over, and we we're like, "Oh, that guy's hot! Oh, that guy's uh, that guy's really cute! Oh my god, look at that kitty!" But what's fantastic about this is it's actually put out as a fundraiser for the Monadnock Kitten Rescue up in Jaffrey, New Hampshire, and they are currently trying to raise money because, un- due to unfortunate circumstances, they are actually being evicted from their current location. So, yes. So, uh, they're trying to raise money to um, build a a location versus Mm -hmm. just trying to find another location. They're Mm -hmm. actually trying to build an establishment so they can properly take care of the kittens. And yeah, so uh, if if you feel the need to donate, or like I said, I'm, I'm really hoping they do the calendars again because it's just it's just awesome. Um, we'll post links in the at yeah the Facebook group. Uh, yeah we will absolutely post links. Um, and also just just if you are in the market for uh, a new family member, if you'd like to add a little love a to your life, little a, little, a little fuzzy friend, um, go to your local animal shelter. Uh, adopt. Don't shop. Uh, both of our cats are rescues in one shape or another. Yep. One form. Um, and it's just amazing. It's It's such a wonderful thing. And they become part of your family. And yeah, so do that. If you don't want to buy me a birthday present, go adopt a cat. Yeah, instead of spending money on buying stuff, you know, ado- adopt or a cat. or donate donate to an animal shelter. Um, it's just a have a use your voice for those who don't have one. Yeah. So I feel like there should be like a Sarah McLaughlin song in the background right now. Meow. In the arms of the angel. Adopt a cat. Meow. They need your love and your money. (laughs) Now, see, that's a nice segue. Uh, There's a uh, there's a project that you've been working on outside of the podcast um, with one of our good friends, and you guys um, you guys covered a song, uh, one of our favorite songs. Uh, As as a lot of people know, we are uh, very big Motionless and White fans. God, I love them. And what uh, what we did is we have a friend. I love how he's saying "we" as if he had any part in this at all. He I, sat on the he sat on the couch on his pip- bone. He's just drove, pimping you out. I That's drove how he's over. I drove us <laughs> over. <laughs> he he chauffeured me over there. And well, we have a friend who does covers. He has a YouTube channel called NJ Ferrar Covers. Ferrar? Ferrar? We will, yeah, we will absolutely we'll post the links. links. And there is going to be a video uh, for the song. Um, 
Uh, Wolfie, that's the uh, the file that I sent over to you. Um, it is a cover of a song called Abigail, which is uh, one of our favorite songs by Motionless and White. So, yeah. So our friend Nick does covers, and occasionally he has people do guest vocals. And he and I have done stuff in the past, and we decided to do something a little spooky for Halloween on Motionless and White. It generally has a, a more um, horror feel to to their songs and their aesthetic. Uh, the song Abigail is actually about the crucible. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of my favorite songs. Uh, Nick is amazing. He, You'll be able to tell whose voice is whose. Um, but he just, he does an amazing, um, amazing, amazing, he does an amazing job. Um, it's an amazing job. But yeah, he, he does the uh, screaming parts, obviously. And this uh, was a little bit of a challenge for him because this is uh, not quite in his range. Uh, previously, some of you may have seen the video. They covered, I'm made of la- wax, Larry. What are you made of? By uh, A Day to Remember. And uh, that was pretty popular. A lot of folks enjoyed that. But for those of you who have not gotten a chance to hear Asha sing, uh, this is a, a pretty good... Uh, I apologize in advance. Yeah. No, it's it's better than what we've heard on the It's better than Van Helsing. It's better than Unchained. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not saying much. But Do you guys want to... Like, that's like saying it's better than a colonoscopy. Yes. <laughs> Do you guys want to talk over it? Do you want to play the whole thing in its entirety? I mean, it's only a couple of minutes. Yeah, we can play the whole thing. Okay. Cool. Well, Just uh, wanted to double check. So, uh, yeah, let's uh, cue that up and let's uh, take a listen. Oh, I'm a cat, how could you do this to us? 
Damn. So I hope I hope everybody enjoyed that. That was awesome. I'm, I'm 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 pretty proud of that, and I'm I'm really extremely proud of of Nick for kind of getting outside of his comfort zone and doing something you know that wasn't in his range. That's really not his style per mm-hmm. se. Um, in it, I I I I just love it. I think it came together really well. So I'm really proud of it. Yeah, I thought you guys did a great job. Uh, I really enjoyed your other cover. Uh, there. There was a video originally, but Nick got a green screen, so we decided to redo the video, and that's the one that's uh, up on the on the Facebook page because that's way cooler. Um, you know, I I am also thinking of doing a, uh, a a cover with Nick, but I do not sing well at all, so. He's gonna have to auto tune. I was gonna say that's shit. why they created auto tune. Actually, you know when you when you try to sing, you sound horrible. But when you don't try to sing, you actually you know sound really good. I try. I try too much. I don't know. I can't tell if I sound good or not because you know it's one of those things like when you first hear your voice recorded, it's like oh my god, I sound like that. So I can't tell <laughs> any time that I'm doing well. So, but uh, yeah, so that was the uh, awesome cover of Motionless and White's Abigail. If you are more interested in, in seeing more of the uh, Motionless and White stuff, that's off their album Creatures. Which is their first um, full length album. They uh, are awesome. A lot of their songs are like that, but they do branch out in their uh, more recent albums. Um, Infamous but, and Reincarnate. But there's a lot of. Uh, a lot of their stuff has to do with, um, you know, horror. Like, there's a, one of their songs is called London in Terror, which I actually use as my alarm. Uh, they got that off the... Uh, there's, a, there's a line in that as well. Uh, when the dead walk the earth, all the living will fill these coffins. If you've ever seen the original uh, Robert Downey Jr. Uh, Sherlock Holmes movie, there is that line is in the movie... And the guys, the gravedigger says, "When the dead walk, the living will fill these coffins." And the headline says, "London in Terror." Mm-hmm. So if you are, uh, if you're up on kind of like your pop culture and your movies, like they have another song called "Billy and Four C Never Saw It Coming," uh, which is a uh, a Dumb and Dumber reference. Um, they have one Count called Choculitis. Uh, yeah. yeah, The Office. <laughs> if um, you've seen The Office, you get that reference. They, yeah, they're actually huge because they're they're from. Scranton, Pennsylvania, actually. Yeah. So, so um yeah, they also have a song called Dark Passenger, which is obviously about Dexter. Um they have a song called which is one of my favorite songs by them actually. It's called Dead as Fuck and uh one of the the lyrics is she's going to town with her lips on my boomstick. So I think we all know what uh that reference is. <laughs> Couple of things, but um yeah, uh, great stuff and please check out Nick's YouTube channel uh give it a like you know watch some of his videos because it's a passion project of his and he's really good at what he does so yeah much like support each other be kind out there kids much like you know what we do like we do this because we enjoy doing it he does the covers because he really enjoys doing it like he likes to you know to sing the sing along to the songs and then you know he does the mixing he does all that stuff like it's (laughs) it's really fun for him so, you know, if you guys uh, support support us, you should support him. And uh, Nick is going to be appearing on the show uh, 
hopefully in the next couple of decades, uh, <laughs> once we can once we can hammer out a uh, a payment plan, uh, we have to. We have, he's got a fifty two page rider. Uh, it's really weird, and the thing that sucks is Nick is colorblind, and he wants a bowl uh, of of non gray M and M's. So we're gonna have to work really hard to. Uh, to get that up. He also him. wants a lifetime supply of Elio's pizza <laughs> and, and I just don't know if I can do that. Well, I just don't know how long he's going to live. Although if he's eating <laughs> only Elio's pizza, not that long. This is true. So, we shouldn't have to buy too much of it. And if there's any leftover, you know, we'll I'll, give it I'll to Johnny. It. That's he, true. Like I, I don't think I uh, 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 I don't know. I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't force that on. Uh, I wouldn't. wouldn't, Yeah. If we're going to get Wolfie pizza, we're going to get him good pizza. That's true. It's not basically cardboard with cheese smeared on it. (laughs) This Um, is delicious. So what the hell are we talking about today? Uh, So do we want to talk about what we were talking about before we started recording? Yes. So Uh, we we Ash just came up with an awesome idea. Because all of my ideas are awesome. Not awesome. All of them. Most, yeah. Marrying you, not a great idea. <laughs> the only um, the best idea you've ever had. <laughs> I regret that decision every day. No regrets. Um, no regrets. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was eating a Milky Way. Um, no, we were talking about, so obviously it's October, the month of horror, the month of Halloween, the month of my birthday. Um... <laughs> And we were talking about, you know, what scared you as a child versus what scares you now? And has it changed at all? So I'm actually, I'm going to ask Patrick first. Yeah. Patrick, what scared you as a child and what scares you now as an adult? Well, it's actually the same thing, although I'm able to handle it a lot better now. Um, when I was a child, because we actually had this conversation. Yeah, we were talking about this ago. the other night. Um, when I was a child, I was about seven years old, and I was out on the couch, and I was very big into, as I am now, reading about, you know, paranormal stuff, uh, you know, cryptids and, and cryptozoology and, you know, things that were unexplained in mythology and, like, how the, everything connects together, you know. Um, I was watching this documentary with my dad. Uh, I was on the couch. I was about seven years old, and I remember it so vividly. We're watching the documentary, and it's called UFOs Are Real. And now, you know, I'd been reading about UFOs, and I knew all about this stuff. There is a part in that documentary where a gray alien, a picture of a gray alien pops on the screen, almost like a jump scare. It just comes out of nowhere. I saw that, and nothing in my life before or since has ever terrified me so completely. It felt like my entire body was on pins and needles. I was numb. I was shaking. I had to crawl out of the room on my hands and knees. I was so scared. The only thing that terrifies me is alien abduction. And I have I've been able to, you know, I, I enjoy reading about alien stuff. I really, uh, really like watching the different shows. Like, I was excited earlier today. I got an email saying that, 
you know, unsealed case files, you know, alien conspiracy is is season four is up on Netflix and I've watched the shit out of the show. I've seen it multiple times, you know, all through every season. Uh, you know, I loved Ancient Aliens, you know, Giorgio Tucalos, yes, you are awesome. Uh you know, I and I know that might <laughs> that might come as a surprise for people who, you know, who know that I'm, you know, very much a fan of science, which is, you know, you know, real, provable, undeniable, undisputable fact. So, you know, the, to know that I, I, the only thing that terrifies me is aliens, because if you think about it, there is uh, nothing you can do. This isn't a, a type of, 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 you know, terrifying thing that, you know, you could fight. You know, it's not something that, you know, you get, in, you know, despite what Will Smith taught us in, in, Independence Day, this isn't, you know, something you can punch in the face and, and you know, you win. Like, that's not how it works. Um, as an adult, you know, as, as I was growing up, uh, the movie Fire in the Sky terrified the shit out of me, uh, mainly the, the abduction flashbacks. And then as adult, when Ashes and I first started dating, <laughs> there is a movie uh, with Mila Jovovich. Uh, it's called Fourth Kind. Now, for those of you who are unfamiliar, there are four levels of uh, alien encounter. There is first kind, you know, close encounters of, you know, the first kind, second kind, third kind, which is obviously made famous by, you know, the Spielberg and Richard Dreyfuss film. Uh, but close encounters of the fourth kind are uh, abductions. Now, the first kind is, you know, uh, you witness something. The second kind is you, you are able to, there's like some sort of physical evidence, you know, like maybe you see like a crop circle or you see like this is where the craft landed and you can see indentations in the ground where the, you know, the landing gear was. Uh, third kind is contact. And then the fourth kind is abduction. So this film was all about a community in Alaska where um, people kept, uh, going to this therapist who was played by, by uh, Jovovich. And what they did in this film that made it particularly terrifying is instead of just reenacting what happened, they would go to a split screen and they would have the actor's uh, reenactment on one side and they would have the actual uh, footage. The, the footage from yes. the therapy sessions on the other side. And it terror, like I'm getting chills right now just thinking about it. I'm going to have to sleep with the light on. We literally slept with the light on for a week after watching yeah, this movie, and we've so, never seen it again. Uh, yeah, we had just... We'd probably been dating for a couple months at that point. Uh, we weren't living together yet, so I still had my own uh, apartment out in G Vegas. Um, and we watched it at my apartment, and you know, Patrick ended up staying... That night, uh, we slept with the light on, and he had to leave the next day, and I, I legit slept with the light on for That's probably a good two weeks after that, um, and uh, it, I, I kind of like weaned myself off of it, so I slept with the light on, and then like I, I when I was when I was single, I used to sleep with the T, or at least fall asleep with the TV on, anyways. Um, but I slept with the TV on the the entire night. Um, I just I, I I didn't want dark. I didn't want silence. I didn't want any like I just couldn't sleep. I didn't sleep for a couple days either. To me, the most the most terrifying part of this is at the end of like the the uh, the reenactments and everything like that. They get to the you know the meat of the story where you know this 
the psychiatrist starts experiencing uh, abduction phenomena to the point where, you know, everyone in the community, this isn't one of those, oh, she's probably just, you know, hallucinating or, you know, everyone in the community, because they've all had these experiences and everyone's been reporting it, uh, you know, she was believed. And a police car was parked outside of her house because they weren't even still, you know, you're a cop, you're trying to be focused and grounded in reality. The actual dash cam footage of uh, the the night that the, the police car was outside of her house shows a massive object flying over, that, like it comes into frame, and it's a large and saucer shape, and it comes over the frame, and then the video cuts out. That night, one of her children disappeared and has never uh, come back up, has never resurfaced, like... It, it's a terrifying film. If you haven't seen it, don't. Uh, and stuff like this doesn't bother you as much. You think it, you know, it's not that scary. Uh, I, I recommend watching this. This is really the only film that has ever truly, utterly terrified me. Other than UFOs are real, and I never got through that whole thing. I watched this whole film, and not, I, I will never watch it again because it is just that's what scares me. So, uh, Ashes, how about you? I know one of yours. Um, yeah, so I I wasn't like a super scared child. Um, I think my, my parents, uh, yeah, my, my parents scared me. Um, no, they, <laughs> <laughs> my mom, when she was mad, holy crap. Oh, um, I know that feeling. <laughs> <laughs> and your um, mom's only three and a half feet tall. <laughs> Yeah, but that's okay. My mom's not much taller. Um, no, I think my 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 parents like I was. I'm the oldest, so I was like guinea pig child. So my parents were very kind of like caught, not not really. I wouldn't say like coddling, but kind of like you know trying to shelter. Like, oh, you can't watch that. Yeah. You can't do that. You can't say that. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, things that scared me as a child. Uh, the movie E.T., I think a lot of people know this now because it's been yep. talked about. Um, and that's something that I, I, I still can't watch E.T. to this day. Um, even the, the mention of it. I'm probably going to have nightmares tonight just talking about it. Um, you know, it's I, it just it's I've, I've never seen the movie in its entirety because the scene where what's the name like Elliot or something yep. meets E.T. for the first time and like Elliot screams and E.T. screams. Yeah, I scream too so that's that's it i'm just done well we all scream for ice cream (laughs) Uh um so and and disaster i lived in a lot of different places growing up i was a military brat so um i i remember watching the movie backdraft when i was younger probably like five or six and yeah i couldn't sleep i kept having like these crazy like my house was burning down everything was encompassed in flames it's the end of the world type dreams um so yeah pretty much like you know i wasn't afraid of the dark i wasn't afraid of ghosts i wasn't afraid of you know uh that aliens and and disaster and um as as an adult uh it, it, it aliens and disasters you know it's it's pretty much you know uh it, 
it, you know, fear of the fear of the unknown, uh, fear of the potential political situation that our country <laughs> may be in. <laughs> uh. That's all. all I'm going to say is vote with your conscience. That's it. That's all I'm going to say. Be smart. Be smart out there. Um, yeah, I would say, uh, you know, living with Patrick, who has this fascination with you know alien conspiracy theories and shows and stuff you know things that actually show uh potential proof of of alien life um you know fear of kind of like the you know uh, not knowing what's out there you know um having a strong background in science some of this stuff really is plausible. Mm-hmm. You know, some of the things that we, it's like, well, that we, we can't explain that. We can't explain how this happened. So, you know, so something must have interfered. Something must have done something, you know, in order to make this happen. Um, so, yeah, I have to say, that's why I will, I will always live in a well-populated area, <laughs> a well-lit area. I don't care that I can't see the stars because uh, I'm safe. Um, so, yeah, I think that's, that's, that's pretty much it. Uh, what about you, Agent Nicole? Uh, um, so, this is, oh, God, even just thinking about it. So, I think it was around... I had to do some research. Um, so Marilyn Manson in 1998, he came out with the dope show. Yes. I, guess. I was nine years old when that came out. Were you afraid of his boobs? <laughs> let me just let me get into the story. <laughs> I, I don't know how I saw the video of the dope show, but it freaked me out that Marilyn Manson was. I didn't know if he was a man or a female at that time. And just to see him like in that prosthetic bodysuit female, it freaked me so, so badly. Like I, I screamed when I saw the video and I watched the entire video. I don't know how I got through it, but I had, I had nightmares about him being chased, being chased by him with a butcher knife in an abandoned carnival for probably a month. I don't know why it just kept coming back to me, but just for a whole month, Marilyn Manson scared the fuck out of me with a butcher knife in a carnival. Even to this day, I'm like, "Eh." once in a while, I'll have like that recurring dream and it still freaks me out. But what freaks me out now is uh, I don't like going to hospitals that much and just the idea of being, being cut open freaks me out i just i can't i even the idea of ugh. most people don't want to be cut open yeah i just ugh. surgically or otherwise i don't know so no babies nicole mm. <laughs> <laughs> i want to have children i do i really do it's just ugh. wolfie what scares you when shows run long <laughs> uh Unfortunately, not much actually, and it, that I want to be scared, but and I try, but there's very little that does, and I think it's just because I'm so laid back generally that mm-hmm. I don't get you know I don't get too excited, I don't get too scared, you know, like that's just kind of the way I am. But uh, I'm trying to think back, and you'd mentioned Fire in the Sky, and that was one that definitely affected me a little bit. Mm-hmm. I I haven't seen it in years, so I can't. You know, I can't necessarily say that it would still get me now, 
But uh, I remember that and just real life shit. Like I remember trying to think back how long ago this was. I was a child, probably like I'm guessing 10 or 11, maybe even younger, maybe like eight or nine. And there was somebody who was like shooting people through their windows. They were like going up to houses and shooting people through their like, you know, windows. Living room windows. Living room. Yeah, exactly. And I remember as a kid hearing about this and I was like, what the fuck? Like it like freaked me out. So for a while I would go underneath the the windows when I walked by them. And I don't remember like what, what happened with that or what came of it, but there definitely was something, I think it was local if I remember correctly, where it was going around where somebody was just shooting people through their windows and you know, it's pretty fucking scary. Right. And that's, that's your home. That's where you should feel safe. And I think that's what probably like affected me. But other than that, I mean, that was the only thing I can, I can think of, uh, there's nothing lately, any movies that have scared me. I watch, you know, obviously I watch a lot of horror movies and I just, I'm just kind of un, unaffected by them, which I want to be affected by them. I just, you know, it's just difficult, I guess. The uh, trials and tribulations of being a professional monster hunter. That's just. Well, I'm not, I'm, <laughs> I'm a pencil pusher. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you have to deal with all that. I, I killed, I killed one werewolf by accident. Well, you know. <laughs> still still you know you're dealing with that stuff all the time not really but uh all right i think it's time to go to a break because yes. we still have uh, subject matter to cover i'm having my nightmare now and we've been going we're for leaving while, the so. light on thank you <laughs> all right so let's go to break trick-or-treat radio is a phantasmagorical spin kick straight through the heart of pop culture navigated by the deadites we are the world's greatest electroshock band we destroy monsters we drink booze and we win championship belts if you're not listening to trick-or-treat radio here's a taste of what you've been missing there's three guarantees in life what are they death taxes and trick-or-treat radio every friday morning. this is one of the most convoluted movies i've ever seen in my life i'm fucking trying man hi 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 oh yeah hey 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 oh yeah it's like <laughs> you took a shit on a pile of shit but you shit on him right. for liking what he was yeah well it's my job this podcast is now banned in germany <laughs> it's me giovanni lombardo radici shut up i call bullshit i demand someone to bring me the face of Lindsay lohan if i had genitals i would definitely Buying her. Oh, wait. Is she a great big fan person? You just hit the jackpot. This is a weird movie, huh? It had action, it had suspense, it had great characters, it had great acting. I'm gonna strangle you with my jockey shorts. I don't like mobster movies. Alright, well, here's my take. You're a sick fuck. Thank you. Now shut the fuck up and let me talk. Have you ever seen 2001? The box, right? The box and the monkey. Available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and TrickOrTreatRadio.com. Arrivederci, douchebags. Worcester, Massachusetts, a barren wasteland of dull. But in October, that changes forever. The 14th through the 16th, the Deadites will be in attendance at the Rock and Shock Horror Convention. Come hang out with the Deadites and the stars of Trick or Treat Radio all weekend long. But that's not all. On October 15th at the Cove Music Hall, the Deadites headline an all-star night of dance music and ghoulish getting down. Worcester will never be the same. And we are back. 
and front and Guess side. Guess back? Back again. Throw downs back. <laughs> Tell your friends. So, <laughs> what we're talking that about wasn't today... Fully thought out no yeah, that was, sorry. That was, random that was, that was bad. off the top of their head the spur of the moment type thing still better than a chain gang sing-along oh god karaoke <laughs> yeah you know maybe you guys should get with thanks Nick for that shout out tim nice thanks yeah and uh you guys should have let tim finish his thought um his thugged out thoughts um so what we should do we're gonna we're gonna talk about Sherry Moon Zombie and her oh, different I have characters. Such a girl crush on She's Sherry beautiful. Moon Zombie. Because she has done such a a wide range of of types of characters that she mm-hmm. that she is has played. Um you know, we're just talking about, you know, her films with Rob Zombie, her husband. We're not talking about uh anything else because to be honest, I'm not really familiar with anything else that she well, has she's done. done. She's done a couple of other movies, and she's also been involved in a couple of TV shows. I believe she was on an episode of one of the CSIs, and she was also on an episode of Californication. Okay, mm-hmm. so neither one of those I have seen. I've only my only exposure to her is you know in Rob Zombie's projects, so I can't speak right. To and she else actually. She's actually stated that she only wants to be involved in in Rob's work. Um, when she did the Toolhouse murders, I uh, Toolbox, sorry, Toolhouse, 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 uh, um, the Tool. tool I believe it's the the Toolbox murders. Um, that was like kind of like a favor for a friend type of of deal. If mm-hmm. if I'm getting my my um, facts correct. Um, but yeah, she, she, you know, she loves working with her husband, you know, so she just wants to be directed by him. Sounds like somebody else I know. Who? You. You love working with me. I wouldn't say love. Well, um, you know, you're here. You drove today. So. I did drive. Um, so basically, you know, if you are unfamiliar with, with, uh, Sherry Moon Zombie. We're going to give you a, a. She's a foxy babe. We're going to give you a little bit of an overview of of who she is and like. There's. We could spend the rest of our know, lives a month talking about each one of her characters, like breaking down and you know what exactly you know her characters mean. So you know, like we do with a lot of uh, our characters, we're going to give you kind of a, a brief overview of. Who they are and what they do for each each uh, universe that they're that they're kind of uh, involved with. So- right. So so aside from being a video vixen, obviously she's been in, uh, in numerous of, of Rob's videos. Most famously, she she is the Living Dead girl. Uh, mm-hmm. She's also been in a couple of other uh, videos as well. Um, her biggest claim to to fame is you know starring in Rob Zombie's movies, and I think her most famous role so far is as baby firefly in house of a thousand corpses and again in the devil's rejects yeah i would i would definitely agree to that um you know because like i said she's been in other films but this is like you know you really get to see her character like how kooky and wacky she is but she's also so like evil and she's evil but she's adorable like that laugh that she has you know throughout the movies and she's kind of has this like she's innocent but she's also like lethal and she and what you will see in 
you know, pretty much every movie that she's in, uh, with the exception of, I think, uh, Lords of Salem, uh, she's very uh, sexual. Her characters are very sexual. Uh, she's always, you know, whether she's a stripper or whether she's, you know, groping herself or whether she's making inappropriate comments or, you know. Whether she's dressed to kill. Hey, if you got it, flaunt it. Mm-hmm. I do. <laughs> but no one wants to see that. You can, you can, uh, uh, well, that's a, that's okay, a, that's a different th- show. So. of the population doesn't want to see that. Her character in uh, the uh, House of a Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects films, uh, I I think with the the first one, her character, you know, really grew out of the fact that that whole film was very, uh, like, over-the-top cartoony type. It was definitely kind of like paying homage to those B-horror cult movies. Yeah, wacky characters and, like, but... Vicious, over-the-top violence. Yeah, that you like, saw yeah a lot of, of a lot of blood, a lot of you know, gore, brutality. Um, but a lot of it was it's it's visually awesome as well. There's a lot of color and stuff, and I love some of the kind of like um, like split segments in there where it it kind of goes with the movie, but kind of has nothing to do with the movie. Um, you know, uh, whether it's like Sherry Moon, like she, her character's dancing or like... Like a just, video of her she's doing really, something. Or like, you know, her little kind of like, you know, sometimes you just have to kill him, you know, little little thing. Um, I just think it's it's fun. Yeah. Basically, this character is the, the youngest of the Firefly clan, which is this just family of sadistic, brutal murderers. Without getting into, you know, any spoiler territory, I know this movie's been out for about 13 years at this point, but, you know, we're not going to, you know, do any spoilers. But, you know, she's the youngest, and it's almost like each member of the family has their own role, and they do it very well. Her role is to kind of, you know... Um, kind of wheel them, wheel in, like, all the potential victims. And definitely, like, the male victims, you know, where she's flirting mm-hmm. and... and you know, she flirts with one of the guys, and then his girlfriend gets pissed off, and then that <laughs> kind of sends them on a downward spiral of of brutality and violence. But that's you know that's just who she is. She uh, she takes great joy in what she does. Well, it's almost like she her character, uh, Baby Firefly, doesn't realize that what she's doing is wrong. I kind of get that vibe from her. Right, she's so um, warped. Well, you, you know, that's what she grew up with like mm-hmm. you know when you when you've grew when when you grow up doing certain things you don't view it as wrong because that's that's just what you do mm-hmm. and she's the third generation in that family to continue on this tradition we don't know how far back it actually goes right yeah so i mean and and you can you definitely see that with her with her character with you know she ha- still has a bunch of dolls hanging around you know she plays with the dolls when she's um m- mocking the cheerleader mm-hmm. uh in her bedroom um you know she definitely has this just just an overall innocent quality to her yeah it's it's very similar to how you know we were talking about uh in last week's show about Morticia and and Lily Munster where you know, yeah, they're weird and, like, they're doing things that aren't usual, but, like, to them, that's just how they were raised. That's just, you know, I mean, 
her stuff is it's more just, of a social just, taboo. Yeah, it, it's just the normal day to day. Like it's just a normal Tuesday for them. You know, like it's it's nothing unusual. Yeah, it's like I thought everybody um, grew up stabbing and you know abducting cheerleaders and you know hacking them to pieces and. And I think her uh, the character of of Baby Firefly is a little more mature. In The Devil's Rejects versus uh, House of a Thousand Corpses. That's but she's, dirtier and grimier, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the whole movie has a different feel to it, which I think is awesome. I, I enjoy both movies. Um, I'm but a you can tell she's definitely fan. part of a family because of, you know, that the interrogation Right, well, and scene. then all I can think, like, well, not only that, like, the scene where they're in the van and they're talking about the ice cream and they start taunting Otis with the tootie fucking fruity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, so you still get that that like kind of like glimmers of you know you know what they're all about because you know you've seen house of a thousand corpses devil's rejects is the sequel so you know that they're not great people but at the same time like all of these characters have some sort of like endearing quality to them like Mm -hmm. baby fireflies innocence that kind of makes you root for them like they're the villains and you want them to win you know you you want them to to beat the you you kind of end up viewing them as the good guys and you view the cops and the people trying to stop them as as the bad guys and it, it kind of you know plays this psychological game with you you know um but i think that's why her character is so great like it's she's so likable she's likable but then like she's kind of annoying but then like she's kind of you know at some at some point she's you know She's got the personality of like a six or seven year old girl. At other points, she's you know, you know, an annoying like a, teenager. Like, yeah, like sometimes you know she's like a it's hormonal, almost like, like separate like, personalities. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's see a, a lot of uh, and this actually just came into my head. A lot of Rob Zombie's films really focus on that feeling and that sense of family loyalty and and you know it's loyalty of you know. You know, whether it's the Firefly family, whether it's, you know, the group in 31 or even, you know, like in, in Halloween, you know, she's doing the best she can for her kids. Like, yeah, her kids are, you know, might get in trouble at school and might, you know, and she's a she's a stripper, but she's doing what she has to do to provide for her family. And she loves her children. Right. And I love how, you know, in the first two movies that she's in house of a thousand corpses devil's devil's rejects she's she's the villain in the halloween movies she's just this i mean she she's a sympathetic uh, single mother right right you know you still find yourself rooting for her yeah because you know it's not her fault her son is a gigantic you know unstoppable murder machine Right, she's she, just she's just out there shaking it, trying to make a couple of bucks so she can feed her children. Like, yeah, and there's she, nothing wrong with that, you know. And she, you know, she really blames herself for what he becomes because you know she wasn't, you know, she wasn't there to give him the life that she wanted. And we see that, you know, in some of the scenes, you know, especially uh, uh, her death scene in that in that movie in uh, Halloween, the 2007 one, um, we see that. Because she's just, you know, like, where did I go wrong? And then when she, you know, she refuses to believe that, you know, like any parent would, she refuses to believe that her child is is this, you know, emotionless savage 
until yeah, she it's sees like, how it did, for herself. How did how did I create that? How did I, you know... What did I do wrong? What's right. wrong with me? Yes. Maybe if I had spent some more time at home. And, like, so that's a huge break, you know, and it really shows her her range, like, of what she can do and how she can act. She's a, a very talented actress, you know, you know, a lot of people will say that, you know, oh, she's just the same character over and over again. But when she goes from Baby Firefly to Deborah Myers to um, Heidi Hawthorne in Lords of Salem, which, again, is, is another, you know, very uh, it has very much has the same themes of of loyalty and and uh, like when you see from, you know, uh like uh, I'm drawing a blank on the characters. I want to say Ellen Burstyn, but I'm not sure if that's who it is. But Meg Foster and D. Wallace. That's who I'm thinking of. D. Wallace. Um, you know how they are. You know, trying to incorporate her into their little circle, even though there, there's a massive age difference. I mean, you find out why they're trying to incorporate her into their circle, but you know that shows you. I mean, she's not this. You know. She she can play more than like you know the stereotypical goofy over sexualized blonde. She can be you know a a, a down to earth you know she can be a DJ. She can be a working mom. She can she can contribute so many different ways into a horror movie that you know she's not really typecast. You know a lot of people might think about that, and I think that's a lot of a lot of the reasons why people didn't like Lords of Salem is you know they're expecting this you know over the top acting from Sherry Moon Zombie they're expecting her to you know run around shaking her ass in the ripped up jeans and you know the assless chaps yep. and mm-hmm. yeah, and I think that's one of the reasons why she really only wants uh her husband directing her is because he knows her potential um he you know uses her for her talents you know her, um, her her many 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 talents you know he doesn't question her abilities he knows what she can do mm-hmm. right and and he knows how she can fit well into each scene that she's you know he's trying to portray and i think that's what you know in lords of salem she's kind of the final girl kind of yeah yes and no but and that's kind of the same situation in 31 which 31, I thought she's definitely the final. Well, yeah, girl. she's definitely the final girl, but they kind of. Well, I, I don't want it, to. It just came out, and I know some people haven't had the opportunity to see it, so I don't want to give any like super crazy spoilers. But um, you know, I thought that her character was amazing in Thirty One. I her thought it was fun. Yeah, she she went from kind of being this like bimbo like hey you like what you see you know the, to rubbing her crotch to get the old man all worked up. You know, yeah. um, to, you know, the character of Charlie uh, became this just badass. Like, she just she she knew what she had to film. do. Yeah, like, she knew she what she had to quickly. do. Uh, it's kind of like that fight or flight yeah. response. Um, you know, she's like, well, I can either continue to, you know, be the bubbly dumb blonde and get killed or I could, you know, potentially be the last man. Yeah, you know, you know I mean, it it's the, one of those. Make it through the whole night. Yeah, it's like I could, I could die, but I could either die with dignity, or you know, I could just lay down and let them have me. You know, and she live she, on she your chose, feet or die on your knees. Right, right. No, so, she chose to to fight because there was, you know, there was that scene where, 
you know, she's she's fighting a what is it? Schizo head. Is that one of the chains? That would, no, that was the first guy. guy. Oh, that was oh, that was yes. Schizo head. Uh, Hola, and, sorry. <laughs> and, you know, you know, she's the 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 uh, the the way that that fight progressed, and once it reached its climax, its apex, she changed in that scene because it's almost like she's well, in a she situation goes, where she's is this real is this actually happening and then when she realizes it she's like i have to do whatever yeah, I yeah she goes from kind of like cowering in the corner to being like uh absolutely not motherfucker no nope, not yeah anymore. you know not 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 today satan and not I today satan i really feel like this film kind of encompasses who sherry moon is as an actress because she starts off with that stereotypical, you know, baby firefly type acting. Mm-hmm. And then from there, she turns into this, you know, stoic, um, you know, stoic, like, you know, rally around me. I'll help you. I'll do what I can, you know, which is, you know, kind of the way her character was in uh, as, as Deborah Myers in the Halloween films, mm-hmm. because it's like you know what I'm the mom. I'm gonna you know I'm gonna gather my family around me and I'm gonna protect you guys. I'm gonna do whatever I need to do. It's like yeah, I'm gonna put myself out there. I'm gonna be a stripper. I'm gonna have you know creepy bastards you know leering at me and stuffing dollars in my underpants, and then you know becomes just this badass. So I think that's almost like a a an expression of who she is as an actress you know through this character of charlie so how do you feel um sherry moon zombie contributes to the horror world especially today because a lot of her stuff that you know everything is you know from 2003 forward so you know within the past 13 years she's very recent um how do you feel that her her portrayal of these characters has contributed to the horror world See, I feel like her her portrayal of characters has um, kind of redefined what a horror actress is. And, like, you know, she's not a scream queen. You know, normally the people who act the way she does, you know, in films, like, they're usually the first ones to go. Like, the ditzy, over-sexualized blonde is usually the first one killed. You know, you see it all the time in, in a lot of these slasher films. But this time, you know, they kind of turn the trope on its head and she's the one luring people into, you know, this sense of security. And it's, you know, she's the one that's that's the killer in, in, in well, a killer in, you know, House of a Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects. So she takes part of that trope and turns it into, you know, a new, almost like a new type of character. Because it's it's not something that you think of. It's kind of like, uh, you know, Kevin Spacey in, in The Usual Suspects, you know, where you think one thing and you're trying to figure out what story is real. And then when you find out, you're completely shocked. Um, what she has done is show that, you know, women aren't always objects in these films you know it's not just you know oh i was skinny dipping and now i'm gonna run naked through the forest and and hopefully nobody murders me and even the strong female characters you know tend to have to cower 
a lot of times in these films and like need to be saved by someone else. Like very rarely would you see somebody, I mean, off the top of my head, you know, uh, even, even in Hellraiser, you know, her boyfriend comes to save her. Yeah. Sherry Moon zombies characters, the no damsel in distress here. No. And there's, they're really not genre defining. Like there's nothing that can, you can say, okay, she's clearly this trope. She's clearly that trope. The only thing that you could consider her as is, you know, you know, a final girl. But like, even then. Yeah. I think she's, I think she's kind of, uh, redefining, uh, women's place in horror. Because not only can she play the villain, but she can also play the victim. Sympathetic um, hero. Yeah, sympathetic hero. Uh, she can play, you know, the, the last last girl standing. Um, and I think that's fantastic, having that versatility. I mean, we've seen it in male roles, but it's nice to actually see that in a female role and to, you know, see uh, a broad who isn't afraid to fight back and, you know, get dirty. I mean, at the at the end of most of these films, she like, she is filthy. a bloody, muddy mess. And, uh, She's she- a bloody, muddy buddy. <laughs> <laughs> She transcends genres even as she redefines them. Yes. Yes. And, you know, to all of the people who just say, oh, it's another Rob Zombie film and Sherry Moon's going to be in it. Fuck you. Okay. Just just fuck you because it's great and she's great. And just fuck you. Oh, and a brief shout out to uh, The Haunted World of El Superbisto and her voice work as Susie X. Yeah, that was definitely a bubbly, a bubbly type of character. That was just awesome. Uh, if you haven't seen it, go see it. And it's, it's just fun. A lot of it, talented voice acting, great songs. I mean, Rosario Dawson, I believe, does a character. Uh, Velvet yeah. Von Black. Yes. I mean, the, the, the character names are amazing. The storyline is just hilarious. She gets kidnapped and, by a talking gorilla. You know, and again, um, you know, Sherry Moon is doing the voice of Susie X, who is the heroine... Um, she fucks a robot car. Yeah, <laughs> what? It's, you, you, yeah. Agent Nicole needs to see this. Um, yeah, that that's your hallmark. We'll 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 make it happen. All right. Um, what I was gonna I was gonna okay. ask because um, Agent Nicole hasn't said much. Uh, we watched Thirty One together. Yes. And you know this isn't you know something that you know the, Sherry Moon isn't somebody that you've really. I've had seen a lot the of Halloween ex- films. Right, but you haven't. Other than that, you haven't had a lot of experience with, with her as an actress. Like, no. We've seen all of these films on yeah. here. I think the first time I ever seen Sherry Moon Zombie or been introduced was, this is kind of funny, I used to watch MTV Cribs, and I know that they did oh one with Oh my Rob- god, I know <laughs> what you're talking about! And they did one with Rob Zombie, and that's the first time I saw Sherry Moon Zombie. Obviously, it's not like her acting, you know, they're just touring around the house. Like, this is my cool shit. Um... So, and then to really see uh, Sherry Moon Zombie in Halloween, I remember seeing them in college with my friends. We just did, like, a binge-watching of all horror films. And I really enjoyed her character in uh, the Halloween series. It was a different, you know, different take of a classic. You saw, a diff- you, you see, like, an in-depth history. And it was kind of nice to see how Rob Zombie took something, like, a situation of, like, single mom trying to provide for her family and yeah she had to be a stripper or she could have been something else but you know she fought for her family she tried to take care of her family and then we saw 31 and i was rooting for her throughout the whole damn film and then 
uh, recently we watched House of a Thousand Corpses and just hearing her giggle, I, I started giggling because I just <laughs> loved it. I was like, oh, I really, really... You am- like the character that giggles? I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, I I know I have a, a friend who's obsessed with Sherry Zombie. Shout out to Mackenzie. Um, so I knew bits and pieces of Sharon Zombie through that as well. So, but I really I can see the evolution of her from being like the dumb little fixin bimbo to, you know, playing the single mom to being like the sacrifice in Lords of Salem to 31 where she's the final girl. I think it's kind of I know Patrick you were like saying she's not a scream queen. I think she's redefining that term. Yes. She's really yes. redefining the term of the Scream Queen. She is the modern day screen, Scream Queen for horror fans. You can be a Scream Queen without screaming. That is true. All right. Well, I think that was a really good discussion. Um, obviously, there's you know stuff that we haven't touched on, but you know, due to I got a lot of homework to do. Yes. <laughs> Uh, we would like to hear from you folks out there if you uh, agree or disagree, or you know think there's something that we should have touched on. You know, let us know on the Facebook group. Let us know, you know, throwdownthursdaypodcast at gmail.com. You can reach us on Twitter. Uh, we have at Nick Tompin, Tompkins, wow. N-I-C-T-O-M-P-K-I-N-S on Twitter. Mm-hmm. We also have Miss Von Nightmare on Twitter, all one word. That's M-I-S-S-V-O-N-N-I-T-E-M-A-R-E. And then you can also reach me at Patrick Rahal. I am Patsy the Angry Nerd. Uh, you can search either one. That'll work. Um, yeah, we want to hear from you. Let us know what's going on. Uh, speaking of Twitter, I just want to shout out to Riku, who is always yes. in touch with us on Twitter. Uh, don't worry, Riku. We have not forgotten. We know that you have characters you want us to talk about again. Just let us know, and we'll definitely dive into them yes. for future episodes. And um, let's... Uh, Let's head to a break and wrap things up. Yeah. This October, the Deadites return to the stage on which they made their name. In the room they made dangerous. October 15th, it's trip-hop goddess Mary Catman. The nerdcore sounds of Agents of Chaos and the evil grooves of rhetoric. And then, it's the dead, it's the rad, it's the funky, it's the Deadites. 
October 15th, Rock and Shock Weekend. It's the best night of the best weekend of the year at the Cove Music Hall in beautiful Worcester, Massachusetts. It's the return of the Deadites Halloween Extravaganza, hosted by the voice of Talk Without Rhythm, El Goro. And obviously we're back with the uh, greatest song about uh, my current location ever written. Uh, so... We had a lot of good discussion, and like I said, there's a lot more that we could have covered. Uh, but we're gonna we're gonna try and wrap this up. So, Ashes, uh, you have a new uh, wine recommendation for us. Let's uh, head on over to the Von Nightmare Vineyard and uh, see what is in the cupboard. Uh, well, first of all, I don't keep wine in the cupboard because it never lasts that long in my house anyways. Um, so because it's Halloween, I wanted to mention uh, a certain wine that has a really cool thing going on right now. Um, so the brand is called Hobnob, which is just a really fun name anyways. Uh, they have a couple of different types of wine, but the wine I'm going to focus on is the Red Blend because I just love red wines. Um, but anyways, the... Wine is delicious. Uh, it's a nice, just smooth, full-bodied red blend. But the cool thing is that the bottle for the Halloween season is actually like a sugar skull type, Dia de los Muertos type thing. So it's really, really cool. So it's like not only do you get to drink a really delicious wine, um, but you can keep the bottle and like put Christmas lights in it after and like do fun shit with a bottle and stuff. That's what I plan on doing with it anyway is once I'm, you know. We do keep a lot of those bottles. You know, for decorations. Yes. Um, Whether yeah. we put lights in them or not. Yeah, but it's... Um, there. Yeah, there are plenty of different crafts out there. Uh, once my blog is up and running, be stay tuned for that. Um, I'll have plenty of ideas to, to what, what you can do with empty wine bottles. Because, uh, yeah, I got a lot of them. Um, but anyways, yes. Hobnob, Red Blend, Halloween bottle. It's just fun. Good wine, fun bottle. Yeah, that's it. Sounds great. Wolfie, no, no, no! It's all right. We'll can go, you go can go. you play some music for us real quick? <laughs> of course. Awesome. It is that time of the show, right? It <laughs> is that time. What time is it, Agent Nicole? My time. Nicole. Bond. Agent, Agent Nicole. Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right, so I'm going to Okay, do- I'm just going to... I wish you guys could see how cute she is, like, <laughs> dancing to her thoughts. The th- dancing-, <laughs> dancing to her thong. Was she dancing to her own thong? Like, I was... <laughs> I didn't get that, but... I think maybe it got wedged on up in there, oh, and that's what she okay. was trying to, like... I could see that. <laughs> really? I that's, like, that's how she fixes it. Yeah. With the two-finger dance. That's that's the signal. Like it's way up so there. So that's why she's pointing right. up. So the higher she points, <laughs> so like this would be bad, right? Oh yeah. 
that one like it would re- would require salad tongs to retrieve it. Well, maybe people can pay to help with that. Oh yeah, for a hundred dollars, you can get you can. Oh, yeah, for a hundred dollar donation no, to the Grand no. Gignol Network, you can help Agent I Nicola the, just I love song. the network. I love the network, but no one's touching my undergarments. Thank you very much. What if it was Jason Momoa? I love Jason Momoa, but he ain't touching my undergarment. Oh, he can uh. touch mine. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. So she's she's having a tough time here. She's you know, you know, we're trying to we're trying to like stay within a time constraint here, and she's like <laughs> dancing around. Oh, it, it does work. Oh my god, this is this is amazing. Yeah, Wolfie's doing it now. Okay. So that's a tip out there for everybody. If you get you know, if there's a letter in your mailbox, just do the two finger dance. We're gonna the, do this really agent, quickly. Agent Nicole will give uh, 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 thong removing dance instructions at Rock and Shop. Twenty five dollars, Patrick. I think you need to make a video to demonstrate. <laughs> the people out there listening probably don't understand what we're doing. That's true. That's All right, true. we're gonna do this quickly. Um, another favorite Halloween film that I enjoy. It's not really a, ha- a Halloween horror thing, but 1932's Todd Browning's Freaks. Yes. I love yes. Freaks. One um, of us, one yeah, of us. Goober gaba, goober gaba. Okay. All right, that's it. <laughs> All right, so that was an awfully quick Agent Nicole file because she used up most of her time adjusting her thong. Uh, so I'm going to do a, a nice quick uh, science fact. I hate you. And, <laughs> I'm um, sorry. No, I, I love you. I hate you. Apparently, I just can't say words anymore tonight, so I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. We got to get fed, damn it, Patrick. It's not my fault. Um, Patrick, feed your wife, okay? And feed your co Feed your wife. So my science fact for today is uh, I've been watching a lot of National Geographic stuff, and there is a, uh, a planet that has been... Uh, it, they found it, and they're theorizing about its surface. The entire planet is made of water. Now, when I say that, I don't mean like, you know, there's water and then there's land underneath. There is the core of the planet, and there's about a 350,000-foot deep ocean so instead of like the earth like the way the earth is where you know at its deepest point it's about thirty thousand feet uh it, that's the challenger deep in the marianas trench do you have to do a dance to get out of it you, do. <laughs> you don't want to know the type of dance you have to do to get out of that um so what uh he's throwing me up so on this planet, they're they're talking about how the the depth of the ocean is about three hundred and fifty thousand feet, and it goes right down to the the core That's of the really planet. deep. That is, it's imagine the dance you'd have to do to get out of that. <laughs> you'd be using arm gestures and and saying things that are uh, appropriate only when invoking Sicilian death curses. So, what scientists have theorized is that uh, while there's no actual land, you know, you no know, dirt and and, and <coughs> and sand and rock there's none of that but at the deepest parts of this ocean around the planet core uh there is a substance known as ice seven which is ice uh, ice baby kind of uh but there are no babies ice 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 seven (laughs) uh let's stop collaborate and listen all right um at that you know that much pressure they're saying it's about uh, roughly 1 million atmospheres of pressure at that pressure the molecules and the atoms 
are so compressed that they form a solid, which, you know, when water is a solid, it's known as ice. So that's why they're calling it ice seven, because it's not frozen. It's normal temperature, but it is so tightly compacted that it becomes a solid. Wow. Word to your mother. Yeah. (laughs) So with that being said. We are going to go ahead and we're going to bring this episode to a close. Come visit us at Rock and Shock. I was just going to yes, say. We're going to be at Rock and Shock this week. You'd better be there too. Come visit us. Come say hi. And Come get spankings from Agent Nicole. If you come visit us, we just might have you I might you do on the dance. The we just might have you on the show giving us your thoughts on your favorite women of horror. And uh, what people could do, they could head to the Deadites Trick or Treat Radio uh, booth, and you guys will either be there or or you'll be checking in, and we can yeah. like, you know, we'll be the liaisons to make that yes. happen. We're gonna have flare guns. We're gonna have carrier <laughs> pigeons and cake. Three eyed ravens. We're gonna have all of that shit. The uh, so I think we're gonna have some interesting stuff. I don't, nothing is is I don't want to talk too much because. I don't have it yet, but a couple companies are going to be sending some cool stuff to us Sweet. to have at the booth. And we I, are going to have some say, toys. We We're going to have some swag. Come nice. see us. Yep. Yeah. Not not toys from our friend. No, not, but, not, uh, not, not those. No vibrating braces around here. No but glue-ons. No, no <laughs> glue-ons. No strap-ons. But come visit us. We are going to have a... Bag of surprises is what we're going to call it, because there's going to be so many random things in there. You might get movies. You might get books. I don't know if there's any. You might get hugs from me. Come for hugs. Choco tacos, anybody? Come tell us if you are Team Agent Nicole or Team Ashes or there's somebody else. I don't know, but it, it never gets mentioned, so I don't even bother want to bother bringing it up yeah just just come visit us and say hi and you know we can take pictures and if you're and looking chat. for me just listen for giggle somewhere <laughs> in the convention i tend to yeah, giggle really loudly it's very similar to you know when you hear jason approaching you'll hear her giggling no that's when jason's approaching i just have bloody noses no not that jason oh no that's fine jason momoa yeah, the, I yeah, get Jason bloody nose. Momoa no, bloody nose. I had a bloody nose, and Jason Momoa was right in front of me. <laughs> this was last year at Rhode Island. My Con. brain hurt from the sexy. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> you asshole. On that note, kids, I think it's time to go, go ahead and say goodbye. And see now it's you. time to say goodbye. We will. We will see you next. Thursday. Thursday. Or rock and chop.